the, the drawbacks, just one of the drawbacks to Leslie's hand being, uh, or, or her wrist having the issues that she's had, is that both the times I went to the doctors with her, they both said the same thing. You're not allowed to cook. You're not allowed to clean. You're not allowed to vacuum, take out the garbage, anything like that. And I'm thinking, what, what, are, you, what are you doing to me here? You're right, I'm, I can clean. Uh, my cooking skills really are lacking. Um, actually, I have two things that I feel like I can kind of excel at when it comes to cooking. I, and that you probably could say, relate and say you do these things well as also. But when it comes to summertime, I barbecue hamburgers. Impressed anybody? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she's impressed. And my other specialty that I seem to get right every single time, I make the world's best scrambled eggs. Okay, how do I do that? I don't know. It's just some, one of those things that kind of works. Every now and then, I have tried to get out of my cooking comfort zone, and I have looked through the cookbook to try to find something to cook. Anybody want to take a guess at how I decide what I want to cook? I look at the pictures, right? If the picture looks good, then I'm willing to do the work, or at least look to see what's involved in actually making this meal or this dessert. But if it doesn't look good, just forget the idea. You know, we're going to be in sec, uh, Philippians chapter for the next two weeks, and we're going to have a two-part series on the peace of God that passes all understanding. And normally when I go through a passage, I, I go, I was telling Jennifer this, I go from point A to point B, but today I'm going to go from point B to point A, which is like looking at the recipe book and saying, what does this look like before I see all the work that's involved? So I want to, I want to follow that same pattern and say, this is what you stand to gain. This is what the picture in the recipe book is of the peace that passes all understanding before you look and see this is what it actually takes to get there because there is a little bit that's involved but I want you to get the picture that this is something that I want that's worth going for and we're looking at getting the peace of God that passes all understanding now who here does not want the peace of God in their life you know uh, the peace of God who wants it you know who wants the quietness when the storm is raging outside your bedroom window who wants the tranquility when you hear bad news from the doctor? Who wants the freedom from agitation when things are not going the way that you wanted them to go? We're talking about complete and total peace in spite of my circumstances. That's the kind of peace that God wants you to have, the peace that God wants to, you to, to give you. Uh, and there's other passages in the Bible that we're not going to look at. I just want to touch briefly on that lets you know what kind of peace you stand to gain if you're willing to follow the recipe or the steps that God takes or offers for you to have this peace. In John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus tells his disciples, Peace, I live with you. My peace, I give to you. This is peace that he wants to give. It's not some generic version of peace. It's not a knockoff version of peace. It's not something of a lesser quality. Jesus says, I have peace, and I want to give you the exact same peace that I have. I don't worry, I don't stress, I don't have all these anxiety issues. He says, that's what I want for you. This is what I want you to have. It's my peace I want you to have. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3 says, You will keep in perfect peace uh, whose mind is stayed on you. This peace is perfect. It's not lacking. It's, it's complete. It is total peace that I think everybody here says, I want that. If, if you're willing to give me that peace, what do I have to do, God, in order to have that peace? In Matthew chapter 6, verse 27, it says, Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? What does worrying do for you? It does abs has absolutely no good benefit 
in the process of gaining peace. We're going to look a little while later at some of the benefits of, of worrying. Okay, I, I came up with about 15 of them I'd like to share with you. Most of them you'll probably experience yourself. But God wants you to have peace. He doesn't want you to carry around your worries. He doesn't want you to feel concerned. He doesn't want you to have anxiety. He wants you to have the perfect peace that passes all understanding. And the kind of peace that we're looking at here in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7, that Paul is describing that the Philippians can have, it's the same kind of peace that you can have as well. You just have to go through the exact same steps that they did in order to have it. We're going to start with Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. It says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. That's the picture. It's peace that passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, when you look at the peace that passes understanding, there's two different ways that you can look at this. One is that the world cannot understand how you could have peace in the situation that you're in. The doctor gives you the really bad news. You were in this accident. You lost this job. And you're at, I'm at peace with this. I'm okay with this. The world does not understand how you can have this peace. So the, for one way, the world cannot understand it, this peace that passes understanding. But also, it's the kind of peace that the world cannot give. It cannot reproduce this kind of peace. It can do its best to try to give you this peace that helps you get through all of life's situations, but it is not the same thing. The, the world cannot reproduce the same kind of peace. And Paul says that this peace that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, obviously, the word guard is a military term. You, you think of uh, the Philippians. They had a lot of, uh, of guards that walked around wearing their, their full dress that kept things in order. And why were they there? To keep the peace. We don't have guards that walk around our streets to kind of keep the peace. We have police officers, but we also have military. And what is their purpose? Their purpose is to keep the enemy from getting in. If there's a, if there's a war coming, they do their absolute level best to keep that trouble out so that we can have peace, so that we can sleep at night, so that we can be in a church like this on a Sunday morning without fear of, of somebody coming in and destroying us. They offer, they try their best to give us peace. And the kind of peace that God wants to give you is the kind of peace that's an impenetrable wall. That worry is the enemy. That worry wants to get in, but that worry, God does not want that worry to get in. He says, I want to be your barrier. I want to be your protection that keeps you from having issues like this. Now, how does that worry get into us then? How do we develop this worry? I mean, because we let the door open. We let the worry in. We don't keep it out. We don't let... God do his job, just it'd be like letting the military just stepping aside and say, okay, go ahead, go pick on New York. You know, not Montana, but go pick on New York, go pick on California, go pick on Chicago. God says, I'm that barrier. I, I, am, I will keep your mind in perfect peace. That's what I want you to have. This is what I'm willing to do. Peace, the only way uh, worry is going to get in is if you let it. Now, I don't really understand how God gives us peace. I don't understand how he just gives it to people, but I know that I have experienced peace at times that passes understanding. I know that I have family, and I know that I have friends that have experienced this peace that passes understanding. My brother, he's got the tumor in his head. He's okay. He's not freaked out. He's not worried about it. I mean, he's got a family he's got to try to help take care of. If he, if he leaves this earth now, 
He's got a seven-year-old son that is not going to have a dad to, to raise him, right? That's going to instill those manly values into his son. And he's got two other kids, but the youngest is seven. I don't know why God gives us peace. I don't know how he gives us this peace, but I know what it takes to get this peace. You have to, as in the words of Ratatouille, Ratatouille follow the recipe. Right? Anybody a Ratatouille fan? I love that movie. Follow the recipe. And that recipe involves giving God your worries. Give God your worries if you want the peace that passes understanding. That's, that's the first thing. We're going to look at this uh, two-part series. That's step one if you want the peace that passes understanding. Next week, we're going to look at verse, verses 8 through 10 and see the rest of it. But give God your worries. Now, the Philippians, they had worrisome situations of their day. They were parents that had kids that they worried about. They were employees with jobs. They were people with bills. They, were, uh, uh, they had health issues. They had health concerns. And so they had worrisome situations, even if we don't know exactly what those were. But we also know that they dealt with things that we don't always deal with. with like this, this idea of being anxious is being unduly concerned about anything. All the things you normally think of, but also things that they dealt with that, we, that Paul had to deal with, such as persecution. Now, Paul, when he's writing these things, he's telling them, don't be anxious about anything. Let me read that verse for you. Verse 6, it says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made, to know, be made known to God. Paul, I'm sure, dealt with the same kind of thing. Paul is in prison. He doesn't know if he's going to live or die. If he's going to eat, if he's going to have clothing, somebody has to come and give that to him. At the moment, but while he's writing this, he has Timothy and he has Epaphroditus who are there to help him to meet his needs. But he has no control. He has no ability on his own to, to take care of himself. So, so he's, he's not speaking like, I've got this all figured out. He's saying, this is what I've had to do. This is what you need to do if you want the peace that passes understanding. Uh, the Philippian church in uh, chapter, one, chapter 1, verses 29 to 30, they had to deal with some of this. It says, for to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, which is the nice easy part, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me, and now here that is in me. This, this word about being anxious, they had some real major things that they could be concerned, that they could be worried about. Uh, dealing with persecution. Uh, you just don't know. They don't have laws like they do in this country to try to protect them from it. So how, why do you think the Philippians dealt with the worries that they faced? Anybody here think they worried? I think so because Paul is addressing it. Yeah, Caleb says, I think they worried too. That's why Paul is addressing this. If they weren't worried, it wouldn't be an issue to even bring up. And what does Paul tell them that they need to do with this worry? He says you need to pray about it. Verse 6, it says, But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made to known to God. He says you need to pray about it. What is prayer? Definition. Talking to God. That's what it is. He says you got a concern, you take it to God. And he says, it's okay to tell God what your concerns are. I'm offering up supplications. That's, that's the petitions, my expression. They, it's saying, God, I need help. I need wisdom. I need this bill paid. I need uh, somebody healthy, to be made healthy. Somebody's struggling with something. I'm taking it to you, God. So he says, talk to God. Tell him what you need help with. 
But he says, also offer up thanksgiving. Now, when you're going through a worrisome and stressful time in your life, how many people here, that's the first thing you want to do is tell God thank you? That's not the first thing on my radar. My first thing is, God, this is my issue. Get me out of this. Help me out of this. But he says, it's important to tell God thank you as well. You know, and what can you thank God for? Well, first of all, I thank you, God, that you are willing to listen to me. You have this whole world to deal with. I'm just one little puny person in dinky little Plevna, Montana. But you said, I'm willing to take time and listen to you. I can tell God, thank you for listening to me. I can say, God, I know you're going to deal with this somehow. I have no idea what you're going to do, but I know you got it in control. So thank you for what answer you're going to give me for what you're going to do. But I also can say, you know what, God, I remember what you did in the past. I know from Scripture the way that you helped Jonah out of the well. I know that the way that you provided for people who, uh, the woman with her son that was dead and how you raised him back to life. I know what you can do. I thank you, God, for what you did in my life. For when I was driving down the road, and I'm driving, and this car sliding towards me, and I don't even realize what's going on, I can say, thank you, God, that I was able to keep going without having this major collision. Thank you, God, because of how you've demonstrated your power in my life. I talk to God, and I say, this is my problem. And I say, thank you, God, for getting me out of the, the last issue that I dealt with. You know, you and I, we deal with worrisome situations. And they are, they are, they are as wide or as variety as each of us are. And I, I preach to myself first. You know, I, I'm somebody who worries and who gets anxious and who gets nervous. Jennifer asked me before I came up here, how, how is it going? I said, I'm nervous. You know what I was nervous about? Because I was going, instead of from going from point A to point B, I was going from point B to point A. And I'm like, I should, I'm preaching to myself. Instead of sitting here worrying about how I'm going to get up there and hope that comes out right and hope people get it and they go home and they don't worry anymore, I, like, I just got to stop and say, okay, God, I'm giving it to you. Can you help me to do this? So I preached to myself first. Before I preach to you, that's the trouble with this job. This is the worst part. <laughs> All week long, I hammer my, I get hammered and hammered, and you guys just get a little tidbit of what, I think that's why God made me a preacher. He says, you don't listen in the pew. You got to be up there speaking it so I can finally get through to you. But we find ourselves in all kinds of worrisome situations. Some of us are worried about our loved ones in major medical conditions. I tell you about my brother. I, I can easily worry about that. Uh, some of you kids can relate to me when I was a kid. I worried about getting good grades in school. I worried about passing that next test. Maybe you're concerned with financial issues. You have a bill or a possible expense that I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. Uh, maybe it's I, I'm afraid for my loved one who, who doesn't know the Lord. Uh, maybe it's your family. You know, I think I can only pick on Jennifer today and, and Cliff and think of, of, of Courtney who's off at school. Or I can pick on uh, Paula, whose grandson is in North Dakota, and they're at school. They're in college. I, I could see worrying about that. I, I could worry about my own kids going to school. I can worry about my own kids getting on a bus. And even as parents, I know that you say, I never stop worrying about my kids. Right? They moved. They were, they were ornery. I got them through school. I got them out of the house. But I don't just quit on thinking about them. I'm still concerned. I want their, them to have a good marriage. I want their kids to, to be raised up well. I want them not to have accidents. My mom still worries about me, even though I'm like 700 miles away, you know? So it's like, it's just one of those things. We could always worry about our kids. Um, it's, worry, it's easy to worry about our country. What direction are we going in? What are those laws? And who's going to be the next president? And I hope so-and-so doesn't make it. 
I can worry about whatever, what everybody else thinks. I can worry about the weather, right? As much as it really doesn't affect me too much, but I know in a couple weeks, uh, Sharon and I are, are planning to go to pick up Yuri Nakano in South Dakota. Boy, I'm kind of getting nervous about Steve's getting snow already coming back. I'm going to be nervous going that direction, right? I can worry about it's raining too much. It's not raining enough. Uh, you know, the possibilities are endless. Anybody say, I worry or I have ever worried about something, right? I'm not the only person God's talking to right now. So what do we do with our worrisome situations? Well, you have two options, okay? Option one is not a good option, but it's the easy, it's the typical option. And that's to try to substitute true peace with false peace. Now, when it comes to cooking, substitution is a good idea. If you substitute the right ingredients. I did a little research, and I found that you can substitute an egg with a quarter cup of yogurt, such as if you're making brownies. But I, I've learned that you cannot substitute salt with sugar, even though they are the same color. You can substitute one cup of butter or oil with one cup of non uh, fat Greek yogurt, but you can't. I, but you, but you, you can't substitute something else. You have to substitute the right way. You can substitute one teaspoon of lemon juice with one teaspoon of vinegar. Okay, so you can substitute, and it, if I, and it works out good here in Plevna because the store's not just down the street. When I first got here, they said if you need anything, start calling around. You know, like call the Oberlanders across the street. Hey, you got some eggs? Hey, I need. And people have called us. You got milk? because we don't have things. And if I can do it on my own, if I can substitute while I'm cooking, and it's going to turn out well, why not do it? But when it comes to following God's recipe for peace, you cannot substitute anything for God's peace, though we always, uh, though oftentimes we try to do that. Uh, I, I have a, a, lot, a, list, a huge list of what I came with for substitutions for God's peace. And then like I have polled you with the Online, I got some ideas from you, so I'm just going to kind of put them together. Uh, wrong ways to deal with stress is just to eliminate the stress. You know, anything feels stressful to me, I'm just getting rid of it. That job's stressful, I'm getting rid of it. That person's stressful, I'm staying away from that person, which can be a good idea. I remember telling you last week, it got to the point of being so stressful with Leslie and baby Noah in her womb, we finally had to say, you know what, we, ha we have to separate this. But you all know that you can't quit every job. You can't stay away from every single person in your whole life just because they cause you stress. So just eliminating the stress is not always a good idea. Uh, some people, and I've done this, they try to come up with contingency plans. If this doesn't work, then I'll do this. And you spend your whole life trying to figure out plan A, plan B, C, D, and E just in case this happens. And you're always trying to figure out, you know what you get if you do that? A headache. Exactly. That's all you get. And you just get stress and a headache is not good. Uh, some people I know, they just, they just sleep. They just hide. They got an issue. All they can do to handle it is to just sleep. And I, I have done that myself. Uh, some people just try to uh, find some kind of pleasure to, to keep my mind distracted from it. For some, it's drugs. For some, it's alcohol. For some, it's shopping. Um, some people say, like, I'm just looking for the next high, the next vacation. Anything to keep my mind off of what I'm going through. Uh, a couple other ideas, and what this might seem a little strange, but self-harm, where that's how they deal with it. They just, I, I'm going to some way do something to myself if, if, in order to deal with this stress. Some people take it out on the other people. Uh, some people overeat. 
I, I did some stress. I eat. I eat. Maybe you can relate to that. Uh, somebody gave me the answer is they of off eating, like is with the sick cow. They don't eat. I'm, and I've been there. I've been so stressed out in my life that I'm like, all I could do is just sleep, and I cannot eat, which is totally wrong. It is a bad example. It is not the right way to deal with stress. I still had this issue in my life until finally I could give it to God to take care of. Uh, answers I got from some of you were suicide. Some people say that's the way to deal with the stress in my life. I can't deal with it. I'm just going to end it all. Uh, one of my favorite answers, answers is being a productive procrastinator. Doing everything that you can do besides dealing with that issue. Um, this one person causes me stress. I'm going to do everything else. I, uh, the person who gave me this answer, I say, when Leslie and I fight, I do this kind of thing. I start cleaning the house instead of dealing with my issue. I'm washing the dishes, and I don't like washing the dishes. I'll pick up the kids' toys. I will make the bed. I'll do all sorts of things because I'm a productive procrastinator, which I just felt like I've always wondered what you called it, but that is exactly what it's called. Um, other things people do is they blame God for their problems. I have this stress. I have this worry. I'm just going to blame God. Or they shut everybody out. And I had a list of some more answers that I'm just going to have to apologize to the person that I don't have their answers. But there are numerous ways that people try to have to, to deal with their stress. They have numerous substitutes that just will not work for the peace that God wants to give you. So what should we do? If I'm not supposed to have some false idea for giving me peace, what should I do? Option two is to give God your worries. That's what this, the Bible says. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Go to God. Go to God as many times as it takes. Go to God anytime, anywhere. If you're the kid who gets to school and says, oops, I got a test today and I forgot to study, and all of a sudden the, the anxiety is going through the roof, stop and go to God in prayer. If you have a big meeting coming up at school, at work, with your neighbor, go to God in prayer before it happens. While you're in the middle of it, after it, go to God. When you're lying awake at 2 in the morning because you can't sleep, because you have this worry that's running through your mind over and over and over, what do you need to do? Take a sleeping pill. <laughs> Go to God in prayer and tell him what you're thinking. Tell him what you're feeling, saying, God, this is my issue. I don't know what to do. Could you please help me? Could you please give me this peace? Offer him thanks thanksgiving, saying, God, I know that you care. I know that you have done this for me in the past. I know this is what you have done for other people in the past. I'm asking you to help me, and I'm trusting you to give me the answer. It's letting our request be made to know, known to God. But a lot of times, instead of letting God know my request, I, I try to eliminate my stress, but instead I need to go to him and ask him to help me deal with it. Before trying to spend all my time coming up with contingency, contingency plans or backup plans, just go to God in the first place and say, okay, God, what is the right way to handle this? Let me know the right answer when the time comes. Instead of trying to seek pleasures to deaden the pain, you know, get on your knees and go to God and talk to him about it. Don't let the false temporary peace that the world wants to give you keep you from going for the genuine, lasting peace that God wants you to have. But it's, it's sad to say, though, we don't want to do that. We don't want to do 
the work of giving God our problems. We want to deal with it some other way. Why is that? Why do we, 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 why do we try to substitute God's peace with something else? Well, for one, it's the easier route. It's a lot easier to be distracting myself with something else instead of taking it to God. For two, I think people, we don't trust God. At times, I, if I'm worrying about something, I'm not trusting God myself. You know, it might be because I feel like, you know what, God, you didn't come through for me in the past. You know, I remember praying when I was going to travel down the road, and I, and I, I gave it all to you, and I trusted you, and I still got in an accident. I, I remember trust praying to you, God, and saying, could you help my family member with this medical condition? And they still went through it, or they still died. Or people look and say, I have no idea, God, how you're going to get me through this, but I know how I can avoid feeling this, this, these experience, this stress that I have in my life. I know that it is hard to take it to God, and it's hard to leave it there. But that's what we need to do. And I've learned from experience, uh, one of the most life-transforming verses in my whole life is not a shocker, to, a verse to anybody, but Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. God has a purpose for allowing me to be in the situation that I am in. And I've learned from time to time, if I keep just hiding that situation and fling that situation, I'm back in that situation again because God still wants to teach me something. And God's goal is not to make me happy. God's goal is not to make my life be peachy keen here on this earth. What is God's goal? It's to make me like Jesus. He says, this, this series of events, Josh, is what is going to take you to be like me. That's what I'm going to put you through. But I know that God has a plan. So when things go awry, when, I, when I have, I'm driving down the road and I'm stressed out to the hill because of the weather, if I get in an accident, God knew that was going to happen. God knows what, where that's going to lead me through a chain of events to give me an illustration that's going to give someone a chance to have hope. Or maybe it's going to cause me to lose my foot and I can't drive anymore. It's going to keep me from getting in a car wreck later on and dying. I don't know, but I just know that God has a plan. God has a purpose for it, so I'm like, okay, I can relax now. God has a reason for it. Now, does worrying really help? We say it doesn't help. Okay, so here's some benefits of worry. One is you have a loss of sleep. That's a, that's a benefit of worry. A loss of hair. That's a benefit. Depression. Headaches. Ulcers. Short fuses. Rash decisions. Fear, lack of focus, loss of friends, loss of fingernails. I told you before when I was in the fourth grade, it was the loss of a breakfast. Okay? Every day before school, I was losing my breakfast because all I could do was worry. I had nothing to worry about. I had absolutely nothing. The kids that I in my class, we got along. My brother was in my class. Um, I was healthy, there was, but I worried so much that I lost my breakfast every day before school. There is no benefit to worrying. So instead of worrying about whatever it is that you're thinking about right now, go to God in prayer. That's the first step to lasting peace. And you might find yourself doing this several times a day, several times an hour, several times a week, several times a month, but keep giving it to God. He wants to be that barrier. He wants to be that protection. He wants you to have that peace that passes understanding. But what it requires to get that is a little trade. You give God your worries. He says, thank you very much. I will give you my peace. But it's a matter of us being willing to do that. So if you worry this week, 
or if you're worried right now as you've been worried before, whether it's about your kids or whether it's about your job or whether it's about your, somebody in your family with a medical condition, instead of worrying, go to God in prayer. Instead of getting a headache, instead of getting that short fuse, instead of being that productive procrastinator, go to God in prayer. Instead of taking it out on your spouse and on your kids, seek the Lord's peace. Instead of trying to distract yourself with all these false hopes and these false peace, someone put it in the words of a placebo peace. Tell God your worries as many times as it takes and finally let it go. Let go and let God. Do that. Give God your worries and he will trade you. He will give you the peace that passes understanding. Let go and let God. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, I know that you have a lot of people in this life, uh, in this world, that have cares and concerns. And I know, God, you look at most of us and think, you don't have to carry that burden by yourself. You don't have to, I would love to carry that for you. I would love to help you. I'd love to trade you this peace for your burden. And God, we all, I mean, a lot of times we just want to hang on to it. We want to deal with it on our own. And God, I pray that you would help each of us to just loosen the grips from our worries and just let you have it. And trade you for this peace that passes understanding. Please remind us, God, of how faithful you are and how you want to help us. And the next time we worry, and the next time we worry after, after that, God, please take our concerns and please give us your peace that passes all understanding. And I pray for this in Jesus' name.